salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, the Commish, and this is our NBA episode that I give you somewhere around hump day, going into the new day. And we're talking about one person, one man, my brother from another mother, that is the chef himself, Steph Curry, cooking it up right there. He scored the all-time three-point shot, 2,974th shot to make him the all-time three-point shooter. He takes the crown from Ray Allen and the record he had for a minute. And this is coming after he took the crown from Reggie Miller some time ago. So if you are watching this game, You are in NBA euphoria to see Steph Curry do what Ray Allen has already done and what Reggie Miller had done prior to these two guys stepping into the scene. It was quite the event. The dynamics of this game pretty much unfolded with the Warriors being victorious against the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. That's the other dynamic. The fact that he does all this in Madison. He couldn't have done it anywhere else. He couldn't have done this at home. He couldn't have done this uh, the last game that he had. This guy had to go to New York. It, it almost sounded scripted. It was almost as if someone said, hey, Steph, realize your next game is going to be in New York. For real? And then all of a sudden, he plans everything. He got his mama there, his daddy there. I don't know if his brother was there, but I'm sure his kids his uncles, grandma, the whole nine was there. Ray Allen was there. Reggie Miller was there. Patrick Ewing might have been there. Oakley. I think they've been banned from the Madison Square Garden. But you get my point. Everybody, everybody paid a ticket or two or three to see Steph Curry make history. And, and I, I, I'm trying to build this narrative up because I'm... I'm it's not so much that I'm blown away by this. I, I think it was a matter of time before we saw Steph Curry pull off what many might have thought was impossible. But given Steph Curry's track record to now, it was just a matter of time before he broke this record. I think it's just the fact of when he broke this record. It, it seems like he broke this record very early into his career. Uh, I don't know how many years he's been in the league. I want to roughly say 12. I could be off by a year or two. But this man is accomplishing something that we probably won't see for a long time because he's going to continue to shoot threes. Now, the question becomes, how many threes we take per game? We're probably going to the second, we'll just say we're going to the second period of the NBA schedule. I broke it down into fourths. So we've already completed 25 games. So now we're going into that section of 26 to 50 games for the season and it just so happens he's playing at Madison Square Garden and he broke the record sometime early in the first quarter but you know what's amazing about Steph Curry is that a lot of the shots that he takes almost all the shots that he takes there's no concentration there's no focus it's almost as though he knows instinctively somewhere on the court where he can make the majority of his shots now I don't know that to be certain. I don't have a chart here showing where he makes his three-point shots. But it's just amazing to see how effortlessly he makes the shots and how effective and how the percentage 
of making his shots is so high. And, you know, he was 5-14 Tuesday night against the Knicks from three-point land. He was 5-14, which is not the greatest of percentages. He scores 22 points. Don't even think he was the highest man as far as point scoring. But it's, I think when it comes to Steph Curry, we don't care. We don't care how many points he scores. The biggest question is how many threes did he make? Where did he shoot it from? I mean, this guy shoots it from half court. He shoots it from the bleachers. He's shooting it from nosebleed seats. He's making the shots. The man's amazing. Outside of him being highly talented, it's genetic. We know his father, Del Curry, was notorious for shooting a number of threes. But even Dell couldn't accomplish what his son has. And the fact that he's done this so soon into his career, this man has won already two MVP honors. He's been in the finals five times, winning the three out of those five times. Ironically enough, though, he's never been a finals MVP. And I think I want to make the argument here about Steph Curry not being all that. I, I know it's raining a little bit on his parade after his accomplishments. I'm still you sure hugging people left and right, whether he's in New York or California. But I don't give Steph Curry a great deal of credit. Why? Because I don't think he is a game changer. I think that it is evident, and I think it's unanimous, that he is the best shooter of all time. But many could argue if we're going back maybe 30 years into the NBA vault, and if we're pulling up old footage, and we're pulling up old archives, film, and notes, and books on, on the effectiveness of a lot of these shooters, we're going to find a lot of people that were probably as effective as Steph Curry. The difference is the consistency behind how many three-pointers these people made. And so when we think about Reggie Miller... We put him on a pedestal because of the efficiency, because of the consistency that he had making these threes back in the 80s. Because I remember when Reggie Miller broke the record. I was much younger, and I probably didn't pay that much attention to the NBA. But I could always remember the headlines when Indiana was going to New York or if he was going to Boston. So that was a big deal to me as a young kid, just finally getting the idea of what basketball was all about. It was still amazing to see how Reggie Miller was on a whack team, even though he was one of the best players of all time on such a bad team. And many will question, well, oh, they weren't that bad. But listen, I didn't see them going to the finals until, what, the year 2000? Something to that effect? Or maybe it was sometime sooner than that? But I, I, this is what I'm talking about. For what Reggie Miller accomplished, to what Ray Allen has accomplished. And, and let's just give a quick shout out to Ray Allen. Let's not overlook what he had done in his time in the light, in the prime of his career. He, sensational, played at Milwaukee, went from Milwaukee, traded to Boston, went from Boston, went to Miami. And interesting enough for Ray Allen, very much like Steph Curry, very consistent. And he made his shots effortlessly. But a lot of the shots that he made were game changers. I mean, if, if, if we're talking about uh, the direction of the game, if we're talking about the momentum, if we're talking about lead changes, Ray Allen's notorious for that. You know, Ray Allen would get out there, especially with his time in Boston, 
when they really needed a clutch three, he was right there on point. And whether it was one person on him or two people on him, it really made no difference. He was somewhere on that floor, somewhere behind three-point range, and he's nailing. I believe at one point in, uh, I believe it was the 2010 Finals, not the 2008 Finals, the 2010 Finals. I believe he held a record for the most amount of threes in a game. I think he scored like 32 points or something to that effect. I think it was a game one, a game two of that series. And when you saw him shooting that ball, he was relentless. It was almost as though he knew what he was going to do the moment he got the ball. Not about the dunking. It's not about dunking balls anymore. I'm not trying to penetrate to the hole, to the paint, and get blocked or get fouled. I'm not trying to do that. And the man's about 6'5", 6'6". So he's no frail dude. But Ray Allen was that comfortable shooting from three-point range. And they carried over into Miami. LeBron James probably mustered up his charm and said, we need you over here in Miami, Ray Allen. And mind you, he didn't have the best relationships with uh, Rajon Rondo in Boston. So that was probably a no-brainer. I'm going to go somewhere where I know I can get myself a ring. And would you believe the man got two? But his three-point shooting there in Miami was also notorious, especially, uh, I think it might have been game five or game six of one series against the Spurs. He was electric. There wasn't much that you can do against Ray Allen. There wasn't much you can, you couldn't put two people on him necessarily. You probably could have, but it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. It did not matter to Ray Allen how many people you put on him. As long as he had the ball and as long as he had time to shoot it, he was going to make the shot. This guy wins three rings. And he probably should have won more. But, you know, you, you start with the team back in the day. Let me just say this. For those that are NBA followers today and, and probably followed the NBA for the last 10 years, once upon a time, the team that selected you, the team that drafted you, was the team that you were on forever. Now, it, it may not register or compute to some people because it doesn't make sense to stay on a team you know is bad. But for Ray Allen, the time that he spent in Milwaukee, he probably didn't complain. He probably just went out there and did his job because that was his role. They gave him responsibility of what to do, where to go, and that's what he did. And so even now, when you see Steph Curry with Golden State, it was godsend that he was on a team that had Mark Jackson as the coach. Let me repeat that. He was on a team that had Mark Jackson as the coach. Let me repeat that one more time. He was on a team that had Mark Jackson as the coach. And they drafted Steph Curry along with Draymond Green, along with Klay Thompson. And these three guys ended up being one of the best three team tandem that you can find in this day and age. They, they didn't have to finish their contract to go to another team to be successful. They were right there in Oaktown. They were right there in Oakland, California. And they were able to formulate one of the best teams in NBA history. Still hold the record for most wins in a season with 73 games. And it just so happens that for where you have Steph Curry right now with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green and the and the, the fact that they're not so old and they have very few injuries outside of what Klay's been through the last few years, this is still a team that can definitely go out there and win another championship. Now, does it all center around Steph Curry 
is Steph Curry the name changer? Is is he is he the person that is going to win a game for you on one of those threes? And that's something that you rarely see with Steph Curry these days. Whether whether he has the ball, whether he's gotten the ball, whether he's in the game, he is just another asset to that team. You think about what Michael Jordan had done, how many game winners he put up. And you may think of other teams and other players. Excuse me. You may think of Kobe, God rest his soul, and how many games he played and put up. But it's just uh, with Steph Curry, I think as talented as he is, as phenomenal as he is, as amazing as he is, as incredible as he is, he's definitely not a guy for me that I want on my team if we're talking about the last shot. Or if if I needed somebody to come back, if if I needed somebody that can bring us back from maybe 15 points down, 20 points down, he's done it before. But I don't think we can rely on Steph Curry to be that person to pull us out of that hole if we're down by 15, 20 points to say, okay, we're riding on Steph Curry's back to get us out of this jam. He's not that type of guy. I think he's just a role player like a lot of other players on that team. You don't have the best player on the team. It just so happens that Steph Curry is just one of the best players by committee. He just happened to be one of the best players to be consistent with his shots. There's no doubt in my mind that Klay Thompson could probably take over that role as the best player on the team. But the problem with Klay Thompson is that he doesn't necessarily bring the ball up. And he's not the type of guy that wants to create the three-point shot. You kind of have to help create it for him. Steph Curry brings the ball up. He may dish it to somebody. Within two seconds, the ball's back in his hand before he throws the ball behind his back, through his legs, and he makes the shot. But that's why we adore and marvel Steph Curry. Because of the fact he's so consistent. Because of the fact that he's so on point with his shots. He doesn't have to really force a shot. He flings it. Almost as if you're flinging a rock into a pond. He just flings the ball up and it just happens to go in. And so this is why we talk a lot about Steph Curry. Because he is amazing to watch. But he's still that type of guy where if I needed somebody in the clutch. I don't think I would rely on Steph Curry. I would rely more on Ray Allen before I rely more on Steph Curry. But that could be a shock, too, to some people. Reggie Miller, really? Is Reggie Miller the guy you want to go to in the last few seconds of the game? Of course. We've seen it before when he played against the Knicks so many times before they're in the garden, coincidentally. Which is why I keep bringing up New York. It just seems like New York seems to be the... Um, the doormat for a lot of sensational celebrities and, 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 and outstanding athletes to come in and just dump right there on the Knicks. I don't mean to laugh, but it just seems like it's, it's not as though anybody from the Knicks is out there making history. It's always people from different teams. We've seen what LeBron James has done. We've seen what Kobe Bryant has done. We've seen what Shaq has done. We've seen a number of people go into the garden and reign supreme over the Knicks. It's horrible if you're a Knicks fan. It's horrible if you paid a lot of money to see the Knicks win just to see these other teams just poo-poo right there all over the Knicks. It's almost unfair. 
it's almost as though they looked at the schedule and said, you know what? I'm going to make history right here. <laughs> right here in Manhattan when the time comes. Everybody remembers what Michael Jordan did when he came back to the Garden after retiring. Those are our fondest memories. And that's what we're going to remember about Steph Curry. Roughly the same thing during a time where maybe the game just was not relevant. But it's still the fact that he just poo-pooed right there all over the Knicks. 22 points against the Knicks on Tuesday night. Three assists, three rebounds. Got to yawn at that. But, you know, what, what can we say about the Warriors that we don't already know? What can I say tonight that you guys would just be you know, stunned by? I don't have any particular details about what this Warriors team is because we already know. We already know what the Warriors are capable of doing because they prove it every time they set foot on the court. But we got to give Steph his due. We got to at least give him the moment in the sun to say that he is the best three-shooting player. And let's just go as far as say he's the best shooting player of all time. How long before anybody else is going to break Steph Curry's record? Because he's still playing. He still has to catch up to Ray Allen's career three-point average. So his work is not done. I don't know if he's out there concentrating on going after Ray Allen's career three-point record, but it's, it's still a sight to see if we're talking about great basketball and we're talking about great people playing great basketball. So says the commish. I want to talk very briefly. I touched on this the last episode about COVID and how many players have been affected by COVID. And I touched on it last time. I'm only going to spend maybe a few minutes talking about it now. So if you feel like you want to sit down and listen to this, grab your cocoa, grab your uh, peppermint stick, and just listen to what I have to say about COVID and the vaccinations that should be issued. I'm a firm believer, and maybe this wasn't too long ago, up until the time I received my vaccination, that I said myself that I didn't know if getting a vaccination would really make a difference in where we are health-wise. And I really did not know If getting a vaccination would make a difference on what could happen to me, even if I was ever diagnosed or suffered from the virus itself. And it just so happens prior to my vaccination, I did receive or I did inherit COVID. I, at one point, had the coronavirus. And let me just say, by the grace of God, The coronavirus did not affect me the way it affected hundreds of thousands of other people. And, you know, I'm thankful to God that I'm still here today, able to talk to you guys about sports. And it wasn't until I felt better through quarantine that I realized that I needed to take my health just a little bit more seriously. And it wasn't so much because of COVID, but because of the fact that there's other ailments that could affect your body 
that COVID attacks. And before long, whatever other ailments you may have, you can't heal from. See, the thing about COVID is that it is a virus. And at some point, you are rid of the virus. And you hope that you have enough antibodies in your system to fight off the virus should the virus affect you again. So if you are a person that is unvaccinated, this is this becomes the perpetual fight to defend off whatever germs there are in your body so that COVID does not affect you in such a way where you are bedridden or on life support. And so when you think about these NBA players and how so many people right now are affected by COVID, questions have to come to mind. Because the questions that come to mind is, are you taking this seriously enough to understand that because you play in the NBA, you are not exempt from getting COVID? And we've seen a number of people, the Chicago Bulls recently, had only eight players that were not affected by COVID. And they had to postpone their games in large part because the majority of their team was affected by COVID. And there's other teams out there that have a number of players affected by COVID. But my question is, did you get vaccinated? And if you did get vaccinated, the next question becomes, how come you're so irresponsible when it comes to talking about this particular virus? Why do you feel the need to ignore the warning signs? People say that you should wear a mask. Doctors alike have said you should wear the mask because that's your best defense against COVID. They still don't wear masks. So then the question becomes, well, you should get vaccinated, but they don't get vaccinated. So then you get vaccinated and everybody's mentioning about the boosters. And even though the boosters is not foolproof, we don't get boosters either. So all the warning signs and the precautions are there, but you refuse to take those precautions. You refuse to be responsible for yourself because somewhere in your mind, you're saying to yourself, it won't affect me. I know what I'm doing. I have the ability to fight off these viruses. You don't. So now you see a slew of players in the NBA, in the NFL, which I'll touch on it in some other time, affected by this virus and so you have so many players now that can't play because they have to go through protocol now there's a possibility that they are vaccinated but protocol keeps you from having to come back to the facility should you have covid because even if you're vaccinated it's 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 still the point that you could still receive covid but as far as the recuperation time, the quarantine period is just the window smaller. So maybe you don't have to spend 14 days in some secluded room to try to fight off this virus. But it's still the fact that if you're out in public, if you're around people that you may be worried about, that you're not sure if they're affected by the virus or not, where is the... Of what harm would it be for anybody to put on a mask and prepare yourself for the day?
Whether you're vaccinated or not, there are precautions in place for everybody, including athletes, to do what's right for the people around you. But you refuse. That is what vexes me. It's the fact that there are so many people that just refuse to see the warning signs and do something about it. And now we have a number of players in the NBA suffer from COVID. And so the NBA people and the people in charge are working feverishly to see to it that there are stipulations in place so that everybody is vaccinated. But we know that's not going to work this year. The same could be said about the NFL. But it's still the point that in this day and age, we're still not responsible enough to do what's right for ourselves. And it's so simple. This is nothing complex. You put on a mask, you keep it moving. If you're vaccinated, put on a mask, keep it moving. It won't hurt you either way. It's just the fact that there are other things at stake that you need to be worried about. And we don't care. And the fact that we don't care, this will continue for whatever time period there is before we all realize that we all just need to buckle down, man up, a woman up, and just get vaccinated. Do what is necessary. Be responsible. When it comes down to it all, it's really about responsibility. So says the commission. Didn't say I was going to spend a lot of time in it, but sometimes I can't help myself because it's so serious. And people are just so lackadaisical. They're just so uh, ignorant of what's going on. Well, I don't know enough information. What more information do you need to know? Get vaccinated, keep it moving. There's a chance you may play the next game. And even if you got to sit out for a few days, it's not two weeks. It's not two months. There's some people that have been in the hospital for months. Come on, people. This, This is not hard to do. I say in all my shows, this is the commish. And you have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. We're getting closer to Christmas. And a lot of people are excited. Maybe the best gift that we saw came last Tuesday, this past Tuesday with Steph Curry. But I know there's other games coming up soon. Get your popcorn ready. Get your eggnog ready. Get whatever type of treat you like during Christmas. Get that ready because I know it's coming soon. I don't have more to talk about that at the time. I want to thank everybody again for listening to my podcast. It means that much to me. It is my pleasure to try to entertain you guys with all the sports hubbub and with all the sports news and my take on such things. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of this week. Get that shopping done. (laughs) Lord knows. I got to talk to Santa at some point. So with that being said, let me get out of here. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated.